Good to be in the house of the Lord. We, we're not in California, but we spent uh, two days in St. Paul, Minnesota, at a class reunion, and then we spent two days in Minneapolis, Twin Cities, of course. Uh, my sister um, left me a job called a successor trustee of a trust, and so we had to meet with the attorney. So we spent two days in Minneapolis and two days in St. Paul at our 67th high school class reunion, which is unusual, but uh, they, they seem to like to have reunions. But thank the Lord, um, the weather did get up to 70, and uh, we, were, we were, felt pretty warm. <laughs> uh, but it gets down, it's getting down pretty cold already. <clears throat> but um, thank the Lord for a, a safe trip there and safe trip uh, back. Uh, Lord has been good. And uh, so we're happy to be here, and uh, I'm glad you're here. Uh, my message is um, a little unusual. Uh, it's called A-K-A. -A. What does that stand for? A-K-A. -A. Also known as. I want you to remember that. Also known as. Also known as. In fact, your pastor kind of touched on my message that I was thinking about uh, last time. He spoke from 2 Kings 5th chapter and 1 through 3 where Naaman, the leper, there was a also known as, a.k.a. a little maid. Don't know her name, nameless, but she had faith. And he spoke about the faith of a little maid, also known as, and that's all we know about her. What was her name? Marie, Rita, Mary, but known as, also known as a little maid. And that's really all we, uh, we know about uh, her. Names have uh, a meaning. Names in the Bible are very important from the very beginning all the way through. And uh, I have, uh, I don't know why my mother <coughs> named me Donald, but Donald means world ruler. Well, I've never <laughs> ruled the world yet, <laughs> but that's what the name means. Uh, and, uh, but uh, we had, uh, in our family, we had nicknames. And, and some were for fun and some were kind of mean sometimes. Uh, this is in the day when we had these old alarm clocks, big old alarm clocks with all the little uh, ingredients on the inside, wheels and things that springs. And one would go bad and they would 
they would give it to me and they would say, uh, fix that. Well, I'd take it all apart, all the springs and all the little wheels and things apart and never could get it back together. And <laughs> Right, and so we'd always have to buy a new alarm clock and I'd have parts all over and when I'd get it all together there would be two or three wheels and springs left over and I'd say, where do they go? I don't know. And I couldn't fit them in. So they nicknamed me Fiddle. Uh, because I was fiddling with it. I never could get this back together. These were family, just our family did this. They, they'd say, give it to Fiddle, he'll fix it. Well, I, I couldn't fix it. And uh, my youngest sister, Shirley, this is our family nicknames now, uh, would be uh, picking around the food. Whatever my mother, she would pick. And so we, we just nicknamed her, her name was Shirley, and we called her Finicky. We said she is just finicky about the food, and so we just nicknamed her Finicky, and I was Fiddle. And then my oldest sister that was three years older than me, June, uh, her name was, we called her Junebug. And so we just had these uh, family names that we were, were really not bad names, they just uh, uh, were kind of nicknames that we, we attached to each other. And when I was in uh, junior high, uh, and uh, I loved to run, loved to, and I got, I got involved in the, uh, uh, the sports and track, and so I set some, the, we had the short dashes, the 50 yard dash, the 75 and the 100, the high jump and the broad jump. Well, I set a bunch of records in that. And so we had a, a soap in Minnesota called uh, Super Suds. And so they said, okay, we're gonna nickname you Super Suds because you're setting the records and so, then uh, that kind of stayed on till I got into high school. They would say, hey, Suds, uh, you're Super Suds. And that was uh, kind of my, uh, the nickname. And we had a, a young girl in our class in junior high, and her name was Betty Spry. Well, we had a, uh, Spry was the name of a, a Crisco. Uh, that you use for baking, and so we would name, we name nickname Betty Lard. Well, that, that was not. We did that to kind of hurt her. I mean, it was not. The, and uh, because it was the Crisco, and her name was Spry, and we had a Spry that was that, and so we'd say, "Hey, Lard," and uh, it uh, it was. Uh, it was not, not the best. But uh, then uh, later on, when, I, uh, uh, when your pastor started helping us in the church and so on, then uh, I was always uh, Brother Shostrand, and then I became the older Brother Shostrand, then the younger. So, uh, and then when uh, Sheena and uh, Caitlin came along, uh, they, of course, now these grandchildren and great-grandchildren, they name you. And so they just named me Papa Don. So uh, it, it wasn't Reverend and it wasn't Bishop and it wasn't uh, Brother, it was Papa Don. 
And, and so the kids and people started using that name, which uh, was fine. Uh, and then uh, Sister Shostrand, my wife, they just, they named her JJ, because I would say J for Joanne, short. And so they just said, okay, JJ, we're gonna name her JJ. And so those names uh, just kinda uh, stuck. And then, of course, uh, when we were involved in school, then it changed to Mr., as you know, and it was Mr. Shostrand. So even today, when I'm out, around in Lone Oak, I'll hear someone say, uh, Mr. Showstrand, they'll holler, maybe Walmart or someplace. Well, I know it was a student. <laughs> uh, and so if they say brother, it's from church, and, and Mr. is from school. Uh, so these uh, names kind of stick with you. And, and most of us remember um, Abraham Lincoln. What was his nickname? Honest Abe. Well, they nicked it, and it, it stuck with them, and, and still you learn about Honest Abe. And then uh, let's go to the Bible uh, back um, in Genesis. Abram, his name was changed to Abraham, the father of many, a uh, friend of God. And then in the New Testament, um, Simon whose name now is Cephas or Peter, the rock, the stone, upon this rock I'll build my church. Peter, you're the rock, you're the stone. Uh, we're changing your name from Simon to Cephas or Peter. And then of course, we uh, are aware of uh, <coughs> uh, Saul, whose name was changed to Paul. So, uh, and became a powerful missionary and so on. When we were in Greenfield, Illinois, and I was pastoring, uh, your pastor was probably six years old at the time, and uh, his name was Gerald, which is my wife's last name, Gerald. So we named his first name Gerald Keith uh, Shostrand. And so uh, had some neighbors that they would walk to first grade together, two or three kids, girls and boys from the neighborhood. And one day they came over, knocked on the door, and I went to the door and there was a couple of little kids, girls and some boys. And uh, they said, uh, uh, Mr. Shostrad, can Jerry come out and play? I looked at him. Who in the world is Jerry? <laughs> See? And so uh, I said, okay, just a minute. Well, I knew it was, it was your pastor. And so I went, and we always called him by the, uh, not Gerald, we called him by Keith. And so uh, I went and told him, I said, uh, where did this come from? And he said, well, I told him my first name was Gerald. And they said, no, we're going to call you Jerry. So the neighborhood kids called him Jerry. They nicknamed him Jerry, <laughs> and, uh, uh, which was fine. But that, and they, it stuck with him while he was, uh, was there. Uh, at first, I didn't know who it was. But then I found out they, they attached that uh, nickname to him. Now, my, my wife's last name, of course, was Gerald. And uh, uh, when they came to this country from Scotland, their name was Fitzgerald, see? And so the 
this Grandpa Gerald told me this, that some of the Fitzgeralds were bad. And so they said, we don't want to associate with you, so we're dropping the Fitz, and we're just going to be the Gerald. And you're the, you're the bad Fitzgerald, and we're going to be the Gerald. So uh, names, have, uh, names have meaning. Uh, biblical names have meaning, and uh, we, we kind of uh, 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 name and nickname individuals. But <clears throat> your pastor spoke about a little maid, a.k.a. also known as no name, no nickname, also known as a little maid. And I, I went through, and there's several in, in the Bible that have no names, but I went through and I, I picked out two or three of them that I want you to remember. One was in Bethlehem. He was called the innkeeper. And if you go to St. Luke, second chapter, you read about, it says there was no room in the inn. And so the innkeeper said, there's no room here. Well, I, I've always wondered, you know, and, I, I, and when I hear I-N-N, inn, I think of Holiday Inn, see, or Hilton or whatever, motel or inn. I think of that. But see, in the Bible, in 2,000 years ago, they didn't have Holiday Inn. You stayed with relatives, usually, and, or they, in, in the Greek meaning of inn in the New Testament means guest room. So it, it is not, was not the Holiday Inn. There was no room in the get there was no guest room if it was a relative a friend someone that you stayed they opened up their home and they had guest rooms that's where they stayed it's called in but in the greek it is called uh, a guest room so uh when i look this up that it, i always think that uh, this innkeeper uh when the they came and they said uh, uh, well you can't stay here we don't have any room all the rooms are filled and so uh, we're, if you want you can go out here in the stable but apparently when they went and this innkeeper said there's no rooms no my guest rooms are all full because people are coming to be registered for this tax and so on and so but I do have a place in the barn or the shed or uh, the stable that you can come and well my wife is expecting a child and so well we'll make room for her so the innkeeper was not uh, not a bad person but he apparently made some room in the stable for them where the animals were uh, and uh, which uh, was good so he is known uh, aka as as the uh, innkeeper uh, and really not bad, but, uh, but good. And then there, we call her a woman of Samaria. That's what the Bible calls her in, <clears throat> in St. John. And we call her, we've kind of nicknamed her the woman at the well. That's what we just named her. But she was, the Bible calls her a woman of Samaria came down to the well, and of course, Jesus talked to her and said, I'll give you living water. 
and, well, go call your husband. Well, I don't have one. Well, you've had five. Five is a number of grace. So uh, God's grace, God's mercy, God's love. And so said, go, well, I don't have any. Okay, you've said the truth, but I'll give you living water that springs up from within. Who is this person? Was it Mary? Was it uh, Martha? Was it Ruth? Uh, you know, what was her name? Don't know. We just know that she was a woman of Samaria. No name. Like the little maid. No name. See? And uh, so here the Lord says, uh, I'll give you uh, living water. But we know her as the woman uh, at the well that received this living water. And then uh, in St. John, the eighth chapter, uh, you would like to turn there in your Bibles if you have them. And if not, uh, going to follow me in the eighth chapter because this woman, um, we know her as a woman caught in sin. A woman caught in the act of adultery. Bible says the very act of, uh, of adultery, St. John, 8th chapter. So we know her, no name, but we know her as the woman that was caught in adultery. That's all we know. Now, through the Bible, as I mentioned, there are several times where no names are given. Genesis starts out where it says that Adam, Adam named his wife Eve, because she was, the meaning of that is the mother of all living. So he named her Eve. And then uh, if you uh, look a little further, in, in fact, uh, uh, Isaiah said, uh, prophecy, he said, his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, uh, Prince of Peace. His name shall be be called. So uh, who's referring to? Of course, he's referring to uh, Jesus. Uh, Isaiah also said, uh, the Lord said, I am the Lord that is my name, whose name is holy. Now, uh, in fact, in Revelation, it says, uh, I think um, Church of Thyatira, if I remember, he said, I'm going to give him a, a white stone and in the stone a new name. Uh, I don't know if you uh, remember the song, there's a new name written down in glory and it's mine and it's mine. And the white robed angels sing the story, a sinner has come home. There's a new name written down in glory. I'm going to give him white stone and in that stone a, a, uh, a new name. Well, uh, this story that takes place in St. John the 8th chapter. Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives and early in the morning he came again into the temple. And all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees, the scribes were the ones that penned the words. Pharisees are the ones that are supposed to interpret or uphold the law. Scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman 
taken in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst. Now, what I'm trying to show you is there is maybe many. I, I kind of figured out at least one reason why the Lord allowed names and the meanings to be given and why he sometimes left out names. The little maid, faith, no name. See, now here, a woman taken in adultery, but no name. See, and you know, sometimes, well, when you attach a name to a person, then I had an individual in church that came one day and they said, uh, Pastor, we're going to have uh, a child. It's going to be a boy. I said, good. What are you going to name him? He said, well, we don't know whether to name him Donald or whether to name him Keith. He said, we like both names. I said, well, that's wonderful. And so came back a little later on and said, Pastor, guess what? We decided to name him Donald Keith. I said, well, that's, that's good. Uh, but uh, sometimes we associate things with names. Sometimes the acts with names. The Lord said, I'm not going to name this woman taken in adultery. He could have put a name there, allowed to say, then we would associate that all the Marys or all the Ritas, all the Ruths with, hey, How many people do you know named Judas? Who would come up and say, I'm going to have a little boy, we're going to name him Judas? I think you could pick out a little better name because I associate, you know, what we associate Judas with. So you really wouldn't pick that, that name. Now, so. Kind of, we'll kind of figure out why the Lord left out these individuals with no name. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now, Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned but what sayest thou sixth verse and they said tempting him that they might have to accuse him but jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not and they first brought this woman to him. He knelt down and he wrote something in the sand. What did he write? I don't know. What does the Bible say he wrote? It doesn't say. But he wrote something in the sand as if he didn't hear them. But he knew that they were trying him, they were tempting him because they referred to Moses 
and the law. See, we're going to try to put you in a place where you don't have an answer for it. But he just wrote something in the sand. Didn't pay any attention to him because he knew what uh, they, were, they were doing. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. Eighth verse. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Second time now. He's kneeling down and he's writing something. In the Greek, when it says he wrote, means to write. To write in the Greek means to make a list. So he knelt down and he wrote made a list and it says <clears throat> it says that uh, he wrote with his finger the ground see made a list of something this is the second time what kind of a list was he making I know of a list in Exodus called the Ten Commandments. I know the finger of God penned out the Ten Commandments. I also know that it says that a man's hand wrote on the wall in the palace, meany, meany, tickle you farson, you have been weighed in the balance and found wanting. And it says in Daniel, the hand, finger of the hand wrote on the wall. And so when Jesus Christ knelt down, When I get to thinking of this, I see the crowd. How many? 10, 15, 12, two dozen, whatever. See, and I brought a stone I picked up in the yard. These are about the kind of stones that they use to stone. So when you're hit in the head with this, you're automatically knocked out. And then you're done for. Time they pile a heap of stones on you. And this group tempting the Lord. But you see, they didn't realize that when he knelt down and began to write, that was the finger of God. That's God manifest in the flesh. I and my Father are one. They saw that physical body 
but it was more than just Jesus. This was the Son of God. This was God manifest in the flesh. And he's kneeling down, he's writing of the list. What's the list? Probably the Ten Commandments. And I can hear them saying, she broke the seventh commandment. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Moses said it in the law. That's why I kind of think he was probably penning out, writing out uh, the Ten Commandments. And when someone stepped over there with a stone and said, what are you doing writing in the sand? And he probably wrote, you broke the Eighth Commandment. Thou shalt not steal. You stole your neighbor's sheep. Remember that? Look down there. Oh, how do you know that? Drop the stone. See? Next one came over. You broke the fifth commandment. You broke the tenth commandment. Thou shalt not lie. You broke the first, second, and third commandment. No other gods, no idols. Don't take the name of the Lord in vain. What commandment did you break? Every one of them were sinners. You read the story. She stood there, and I can almost feel the Lord looking at this woman. No name. Woman, where are your accusers? She said, Lord, I have none. She stood alone with the Lord. And he said, neither do I accuse thee, condemn thee, go and sin no more. Yes, I'm guilty. But everybody else was guilty that stood there with a stone. And as they looked and he wrote down, what commandment did you break? Well, nobody knew that, but uh, I better get out of here. See, and the sad thing is, every one of them left. Dropped their stone and left. Not realizing that the one that could forgive them, the one that could show them mercy, was kneeling down on the ground, writing in the sand, God manifest in the flesh. The only one that left there forgiven was the woman that stood with no name. And he said, I don't condemn thee. But guess what? I have forgiveness for every one of you. Thank God. Don't leave. Just set your stone down. 
and stand there alone with this woman. Thank God, because I'll forgive you of lying. I'll forgive you of stealing. I'll forgive you of having other gods. I'll forgive you of making idols. I'll forgive you of breaking all the commandments. Because everyone there was a sinner. One woman left forgiven. No name. Lord, give them a name. Let's name her Rita Joyce. Then I think all the Joyces are bad. All the Ritas are bad. The no names in God's word apply to me. Apply to you. Oh, I know you have a name, but they apply to you. You're the little maid. Have faith. Believe that God is going to touch, heal, deliver. I got the woman at the well. I'm the one that he's given living water to. No name, because the no names include you and I. I stand along with the woman, thank God, who was taken in adultery. No name, but I go and sin no more. So when the Lord looks at me, no name, but I'm the woman standing there, thank God, because he said, look at, I'm going to forgive you of your sins. I'm going to give you living water. I'm going to allow you to have the faith. No name. No names in God's word. That's me. I'm the sinner standing there. Thank God. Alone with the Lord. And he says, guess what? I'll forgive you of your sins. Go and sin no more. And look at the multitude that was there, the crowd, or how many, and God, that had these stones and they were ready. All guilty. Could have found forgiveness. But they left there. Unforgiven. No name in God's word. You can set yourself in that position and say, Lord, I'm the no name person. What do you want? I'd love to have living water that, that springs up from within. I want your spirit to bless me. Thank God. Lord, I'm the little maid. Just give me faith to believe that it can happen to me. It will. Thank God, Lord. I believe it. Go dip. I believe God's going to heal you. I'm the little maid. I'm the woman at the well. Thank God. I'm the woman taken in adultery. My sins can be washed away. My sins can be forgiven. So names are important. But let me tell you what, sometimes no names. <laughs> no names. He said, I'm just going to include everybody. I don't want to name this woman because all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Here I am, Lord. Thank God. So in a sense, 
How do you think the Lord felt when they looked at him and said, this is, this is uh, Jesus of Nazareth, the carpenter's son. And I could almost hear the Lord in his thinking, I wish you could realize that this finger that's writing in the sand is the hand of God. I know all of your sins. And uh, when I look at, uh, when I look at this woman, no name, but when I look at her, I think, woman, uh, now let me give you the human side. I could almost feel a compassion from Jesus going out. You know what? My mother was accused of sin. They didn't realize this was a child of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. And when I grew up, little town of Nazareth, people made fun, called, said, your mother, you're out of wedlock. I can almost feel that compassion for him. Thank God, woman, I'm not gonna condemn you. I know what my mother went through. Thank God, I know the names they called her. Go sin no more praise God and I'm thinking Lord I'm glad that you can well let me tell you what if you're there with a the boulder <coughs> just set it down don't leave don't leave the one that's kneeling down has the power to forgive you of your sins. Don't leave. Stay there. Because when you leave, my God, carrying the same burden, the same sin, and God manifest in the flesh is wanting to forgive. So no names are important. They include you and I, wherever. Thank God. And I don't know where you are. Let's stand. I think it's a book of Proverbs says, I know his name. You know his name. The name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous runneth into it. The name of the Lord. I know his name. Thank God. I don't know where you are. <coughs> what condition because I know very few of your first names some of the last names I remember but all because I've been introduced by your last name <laughs> but you know what 
The Lord knows our names. Thank God. Whatever your name is, if you need living water, come on to the well. Thank the Lord. If you need forgiveness, come on. You may have to stand alone, but the Lord's with you. Say, Lord, here I am. If you need faith, let's be the little maid. Say, I'm not named, but I want to have faith to believe that you're able. I don't know where you are, but let's, whatever you need from God, let's, let's come. As they sing, thank the Lord, let's come. No names are important in God's word.